Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Lapine Went into the Woods with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Mary Gordon Murray, the baker's wife on tour and Broadway replacement. Once upon a time. Mary Gordon Murray originated the role of the baker's wife on the first national tour of Into the Woods after having taken over the role in the Broadway company. She played Gussie in James Lapine's production of Merrily We Roll Along at the La Jolla Playhouse, as well as in the acclaimed Arena Stage production. She was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Leading Actress in a Musical for the first revival of Little Me, and also appeared on Broadway in Three Tall Women, Hands on a Hard Body, Footloose, Coastal Disturbances, I Love My Wife, and The Robert Bridegroom. Her off-Broadway credits include 12345, The Knife, and A My Name is Alice, and she has played many, many film and television roles consistently over the last several decades. I, it's funny because I read James Lapine's book about Sunday in the Park with George, which actually made me want to do this podcast because I wanted a granular kind of uh, chronicling of how Into the Woods came to be. Yeah. And of course, Sunday in the Park with George, I had always known it's part of the story of Sondheim's career is that the, um, you know, uh, failure of, of Merrily We Roll Along on Broadway was, you know, very much a part of what led him to working with the new collaborator in a new world off Broadway and nonprofit and all that. And, um, but I did not realize how much Merrily had to do with Into the Woods also because of the production that you guys did um, at the La Jolla Playhouse. And that, you know, I had known about that production vaguely, uh, mm. but I didn't realize that that had been really being uh, thought of as a pre-New York production. And yeah, that's the idea. Into the woods. Rest- much, the, 
Wait a minute, say that again. What about you cut out? I what guess because, the, because of that not happening into the woods happened sooner. And that I guess if that had, if you guys had been doing merrily uh, in New York, there would have been a whole different, you know, who knows what would have happened with Into the Woods. And uh, so, cause I thought I was really, I was like, it's great that I'm talking to you, but I won't even be editing stuff about the Broadway run and about the national tour for a couple of weeks. But actually you're really part of the prehistory of Into the Woods. Um, so uh, tell me good. about that production. Was that oh. something that the actors knew going into the audition or did you audition for that? I don't know. Oh anything. God, yes. Oh God, yes. So that was the first time I ever auditioned. I'm mean, not a lie. I had auditioned for Side by Side by Sondheim when I was like 23 or something. Oh, for the original? Uh, no, it was for like a San Francisco company or something. But it but, was the but first time. Friends. I don't think I auditioned for how. No. I, I don't remember. I just remember first time I, this first time I auditioned for Sondheim. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, God, how could it not be Hal? But um, no, Hal didn't direct side by side, did he? I guess he just presented no. it. Yeah, just he just yeah. So it was the other whoever that was that. And Ned Sharon, I think. That's right. That's right. And um, I just remember the first time I, you know, he shook his head yes after I'd sung. I wanted to die afterward. You know, so thrilled. But um, but then cut to. I was doing a soap opera at the time, One Life to Live, and I did that for quite a few years, and I'm playing a very sweet, sweet character on, on One Life to Live, and um, and I got this audition for uh, Merrily We Roll Along, and it was ironic because when I they were first doing it, they wanted that young cast. It was all about them being this right. you know, super young cast, and I think I didn't get an audition, and at the time, I was 27. And uh, I got little me instead, which worked out fine. But um, yeah, well, listen, you got a Tony. Yeah, 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 I got a Tony. That was okay. But I was devastated. One of the reasons I got from my agent was, we think you're a little too old. They really want to go with young people. So I'm like, 27, and I'm already too old for Sondheim. I'm, I was dying. So cut to the chase. Um, little me happened. That was fine. And then uh, uh, they're doing this this revamped version, not a revival, really. Um, James and and George um, and Steve were working on this to really do a rewrite. And, and so I auditioned for it. I was still on the soap. And I technically didn't have any way to be written out for something as extensive as three months. So I was leaving. And I actually left the soap and went into that. And of course thought this is, I mean, their hope was that it would come. They were just doing it to do it. Oh yeah, like George and James, you know, they had nothing else to do. They just won the Pulitzer, James and, and yeah. Steve for Sunday in the Park. They were doing fine. They didn't need to like go and hang out the at, by the beach, you know. They were they were working on it and really doing a rewrite. And um, it was very exciting. And of course, I thought, well, I'm just going to leave from the soap and then I'll just have this wonderful role in Stephen Sondheim's with James. And uh, everything's fabulous, you know. And then it didn't happen, which was devastating. But, um, you know, it... It was an incredibly wonderful experience. And for me, up until then, I had, you know, I look like this. I mean, I still basically have a big old pudding face and, and I play nice people and I'm a pretty nice person. So I went in there and auditioned for, for uh, uh, Gussie and they wanted me to read for Beth. I, I left something and I did audition for Sweeney Todd, the original for the great invention, you know. And um, I was like, no, that's not really my wheelhouse, but I squeaked my way through it. And I thought, oh, I, I should not have really gone in there for a soprano role. That's not really what I do. So they asked me to audition for Beth as well. And I declined. Mm. At that point, I thought Beth was a soprano. I don't know what I thought, but I thought, no, I can't do that again. I can't do another thing like Sweeney. 
Um, so uh, anyway, Gussie is this incredibly arch, um, um, they're sophisticated, not really sophisticated, uh, faux sophisticated, yeah. socialite, you know, um, climbing, so socially climbing creature, phoning as a $2 bill in a certain way. And it was like crazy. It was so thrilling to audition for it and so not stuff that I'd ever been cast in at that point. And, uh, and I, I, getting the role was unbelievable on so many levels. I mean, working with them and, and doing that role, like this hilariously arch role like what so I left the soap and I went out into that and um it was one of the it was truly for me probably just personally as an actor like a turning point like it was just uh, to even explore that and and be in that company and be with them it was crazy and we were in La Jolla and it was gorgeous like it was yeah. just absurdly terrific um and sadly for a number of reasons we had a bunch of producers come out and it was a performance wasn't the wasn't the best uh, audience that day. It's just one of those that happens. They got cold feet about it, and and we were all kind of devastated. We went back to New York and got a letter, very kind letter from James, just saying, you know, stuff happens. So then, several years later, I uh, they decided to try it again. James didn't want to be a part of it, so Steve was doing a rewrite with George at Arena Stage, and I did that again. Um, so we tried it twice, and. I guess the one that finally went off Broadway, it was then Susan Schulman. Right. And she wanted to kind of start from scratch. She wanted her own company. And that was the end of me being a part of it, which was kind of devastating. But in between, in between those two productions, Into the Woods happened. So I went in to audition for what seemed appropriate to them. They had me in for The Witch because that made sense, right? I mean, What point I, in the development was your- the lab, first lab. Wow. Very first lab. Uh, yeah, I just um, just early stages. It was just a show about fairy tales. Didn't have a yeah. name yet. And I had to do a rap song. Wow. That was what they wanted. They wanted a rap song. So I still remember this. I brought in my own pianist and, you know, because it was like, rap? What am I doing? Needless to say, I didn't get that. Um, and uh, And so time goes by. The show opens. It's a hit. Joanna wins the Tony. And for whatever reason, she moves on, decides to leave, and they're looking for a baker's wife. And um, uh, I, I'm like, that's a role I'm really like. Gussie <laughs> was, was kind of a stretch, but the role, you know, that I usually play is a funny night, you know, warm, 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 kind of smart, kind of whatever. Like, that feels right. And, and my, my agent got back to me and said, they don't really think you're right for it. Hmm. And I, yeah, which I totally understood. You know, totally understood. That was their experience of me. I mean, it's, in a certain sense, it's flattering because it was so different what I had, you know, done for them. I hope James is going to, if he listens to this, goes like, that's not what happened. But this is what I was told by my agent. This that's is, so that's just anything. Everybody, yeah. even people that were in the room together, remember the things very differently. Differently, all these years later, especially. Yeah. Well, I did something I never would do in a million years. In a billion trillion years, I called my agent and said, "Can you ask them to just see me for it as a favor?" Like, what? what am I? But I mean, I knew that it was, it had been a good experience with them. I, you know, yeah. um, and this was between when I, oh, anyway. So um, I'm trying to think of when actually I did Gussie the second time. I think it was actually after it, but I'm losing my mind. Yeah, because Gussie, but, the arena, arena stage was 1990. Got it. So it was actually after this. So, yeah. you know, still, still I was Gussie, but uh, I, I 
did and they it got right back i mean at least this is what my agent told me and said yeah. okay they'll give you you know we'll give you five minutes <laughs> do yeah. what you can. and uh i went there and ship was there and they needed someone fast because joanna was leaving and um and they were already had the understudies on i guess it would yeah. i don't know what happened I, uh but um so it was a very, very quick turnaround for it. And I, I came back to a message actually from James because they needed, they, he wanted me to watch the show all weekend so I could start rehearsal on Monday. And there was no time to even, I think we didn't even negotiate. There was, it was like Friday. And um, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll go watch, you know, I'll go watch like every show that I can while she was still there. She was leaving that Sunday. Um, I, they didn't have the understudy on yet. They were just about to. The whole time I was rehearsing, the cover was on. So at least I got to see her a few more times. And um, so that was it. It was crazy. Like, like it was very, very amazing to, to get to do that for them. And were you going into, I mean, I know Bernadette had left after just a couple months, but besides her was, was Joanna, was it the rest of the original cast? Everybody and- else was still there. Everyone else yeah. was still there. Uh, Bernadette had left. Betsy Jocelyn was, was now doing the witch and they, she did it for a very long time. She was incredible. She went out. I would eventually do the national tour of Into the Woods as well. Yeah. And, uh, and Betsy actually came out and they gave her the role. Right. She was pretty freaking great for her. She was amazing. Um, so yeah, so Betsy was doing so it. So it was you and Schiff and you had already worked together in Merrily. On Merrily. On Merrily. Yeah, well, yeah, One yeah. more question about Merrily. Was in either of those versions at La Jolla and at Arena, did you have that additional... Um, what do they call it? The act two opening for Gussie, where she sings like a very, like, that was thing going like Bob Fosse yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. That was in only an arena that I remember. That I was added that on for much. arena. There was a change for the character that Doug Wager wanted. He was the director and the artistic director of, of arena. And he restored her back to the original concept of the role. Um, I, 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 okay. So James, if you're listening, <laughs> but and George is no longer here, but I, I thought personally what George had done, the original Coffin and Heart was she was a diva, um, great actress of the theater. And to make her, to, because it was updated and this was the world of musicals, George sort of intuitively rewrote her as a socialite to make it make more sense, to keep the archness. Because when you're talking musicals, you're talking Ethel, Mary Martin, like who are we talking about that's arch and... Right. But Doug wanted it restored. So when I did it the second time, it was very odd. I'm suddenly doing like that opening of the second act where I'm this musical comedy gal, but she still speaks like the Kaufman and Hart Mm. kind of phony lady. And those ladies were the salt of the earth. So it kind of didn't make a lot of actual sense. And I just think George was being a good soldier and did what Doug wanted. Um, God bless Doug. I, I, I don't know that musicals, oh God, I can't say this stuff, Jesus. I don't know that that was a big part of his world up until yeah. then. So um, I, and it certainly wasn't for me to say, hey, I think this, you know, obviously yeah. I had loved it the first way. I, I was so embedded in it. So, and so that may have been me as I'm well. Sure, I was, I'm sure you made it work, Mary, and it was all integrated into your it character. Fine. It was fine, but it, it always felt like we were doing apples and oranges in the second. Yeah. And it was so intuitively brilliant with what George had done. He had made her work for that time period, you know. Yeah. And then uh, going back uh, the emphasis, but then he brought it back. And- then moving ahead with the baker's wife, I'm so curious about um, your experience of it being the person that had to follow directly follow. <laughs> Big shoes. Because it, you know, it, it, I mean, into the woods, you didn't. Um, 
it, because it, now with that video that was made of the original yeah. production, people, it's not even a musical where you know the cast album. People know the book scenes. I mean, we all remember the way Joanna said these lines that are not, um, they're not laugh lines, but she was so funny. Stop and, the show. She and it's, show. yeah, and it's, and I always think about what a challenge it is when I watch, you know, um, like the revival 20 years ago, um, the woman Vanessa Williams, Carrie O'Malley, I thought was so wonderful as the baker's wife and sang it beautifully. And it felt like she got a bum rap because just because she wasn't Joanna, but all she could have done would have been then to copy Joanna, which wouldn't have been as good as Joanna either. So it, it seemed, and I wonder if you felt like you were up against that same thing. So here's my, here's my take on it after many years of thinking about it. Oh my God, James, if you're listening, I mean, my, you know, hope his hair doesn't burst into flames. To me, what's interesting is Mary Gordon Murray, dramaturg, take it or leave it, take it for what it's worth. To me, between Joanna and I wasn't there for that process, but James was directing his own material. Yeah. So there's a shorthand that I think would happen with someone like Joanna and like somebody who's as good a director as James is, where some of this stuff was just born between the writing, the directing and the performance. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, uh, uh, I mean, I can only imagine it's just this this talent thing that didn't have to be explained. Um, but the, the other side of that is discovering what's on the page and what she created and what they created together because it was all in that room. And let me tell you why that is apropos to me. Going into that production took me a while, uh, quite frankly. And when we finally were doing the tour, I got to go back to the drawing board with James in the room and, and a cast. And it was a couple of weeks, but at least it got to be like me able to process it and, and, and find my own mark. Um, but it was still that production. It was still James at the helm. It was still yeah. James who wrote it, directed it, all of that was still there. It could still be curated. I've since done performances and productions. The first time I was asked to, I turned it down. Intuitively, I just went, unless everything around it supports what she created, quite frankly, and what they created, yeah, I don't know if I could do it. And frankly, I was fine. Yeah. But I had enough time to watch her and enough time when I finally put the little things together to make my place in that production, I think, work. It took me a while. Um, but I, it was courtesy of all of that. So I, it is fascinating. It is fascinating. I, you know, it's a tricky role because everyone remembers it and it is just a brilliant performance. Yeah. And then it's like other people have a hard time. Yeah. I think I eventually benefited from still being in James' production. And eventually figured it out and got very nice reviews and it worked out well. He, you know, um, but it was, you know, it was bumpy for me to figure out what that was. It was so fast and um, it was just so organic what they had created. Yeah. Do do you remember specifically any of the uh, moments or uh, any material that you felt on Broadway you were struggling and then when you had your own um, drawing board process, you've, you've said, oh, I, this is mine now. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, there are so many because her humor and their humor, it was them together. You know yeah. what I mean? They created this. He could, she couldn't do that alone. No. He could have trumped anything she did. In yeah. a and he didn't. Yeah. He, you know, he was smart and as a director and as a writer. Uh, but there were the jokes, you know, she got a, I just watched a production at a, believe it or not, at a high school out here, the Archer School, because someone I work with in AMDA musical directed it. 
She asked me, the girls would love to meet you. Would you come and do it? It's all girls playing all the roles. Love it. Adorable. And of course, you know, all I could think of is I heard all of these lines that stopped the show. And eventually I figured out how to curate, like, 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 uh, you know, doing, I don't know, connect the dots. Um, But I mean, she stopped the show with, you forgot your scarf. Yeah. Stopped it cold. Like applause, practically. <laughs> you forgot your freaking scarf. And there's a girl doing You Forgot Your Scarf. You know, I mean, if you watch that performance, it's a high school. You know, the witch is brilliant, you know, but but it's just a sweet, sweet, lovely line. I mean, she mined things that were just part of this whole thing, but that they created this, this line through that was brilliant, this kind of ahead of her time. Um, she would have been a CEO. I always thought of her as she would have been a CEO if she was, you know, in a different time frame. This brilliant woman left behind in this world that yeah. she has to keep herself, you know. Um, and Joanna was such a blend of comedy and intelligence mm. and earthiness. Yeah. You know? All three. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a triple threat kind of thing. So like with, with that line, what was your way into that line? When, when... I, I stole everything I could from her, quite yeah. frankly. What? Why would I not? Yeah. Just bull-faced, you know, I was behind a tree and she's watching and it just became, you know, what are you doing here? You forgot your scarf. I mean, it just became the dryness that she had created. She did this yeah. whole, Joan could just do the deadpan, yeah. but there was such a spark of, of, um, of smart yeah. and, and, and urgency and need in her, you know, that uh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. And I eventually took, took a little bit. A little bit, it felt like I was playing, you know, truly connect the dots. Mm. But uh, but it, it it turned out to be just one of the, just an amazing role to play. Incredible production. Yeah. And let me ask you about that tour because um, James Lapine and Paul Ford and Ira Weitzman and Chip Zion spoke so highly of Ray Gill. And I know apparently that it was actually very hard for Chip to get cast as the baker, because James so had his heart set on Ray Gill. And um, I, or at least uh, that's the way it was portrayed to me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually still don't understand that they had what made happen. actually that maybe Ray had, had passed away before they got to do Into the Woods. But then I saw, no, he's who went out on the road. the tour. And Cleo did the tour together. So yep. I didn't know whether he got sick then or he had another job or why he didn't go to San Diego with them. Um, but uh, I thought, well, no, these are, here I am on a podcast. So, you know, I don't know. See, so much of this is you're told something. Yeah. Well, but that's and who knows what's actually accurate. Yeah. I can tell you that I thought and Chip can take what I'm saying and go, you're lying. Yeah. But um, I thought Chip, uh, this is, could be totally wrong. The Chip had been offered it and he had a conflict or something like that happened. Ray had done it, but they eventually got back to Chip. That's what I thought had happened. I could be deadly oh, I know. I'm pretty sure you're wrong because, I mean, maybe oh. that's what happened at the very, very first. I think very, 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 like, like lab land. Yeah, but like once they had done the workshop at Playwrights with, because it- with Ray. Oh no, but that couldn't have been the first reading because Chip was in it. He played a prince and he played Rumpelstiltskin. And oh apparently James hated him as the prince. Um, and so then, uh, when they went to do the second workshop, uh, which, uh, they, they didn't even think of Chip and they oh had Ray God. as, or sorry, the first workshop, you know, the second 
incarnation and they right. had Ray as the baker. Maybe Ray was even in the first reading. I don't, I don't know who was the baker in that one, Jeez. but they, they loved Ray so much. And then um, for whatever reason, they weren't going with Ray to go to San Diego. Ship wanted to play it or Ira wanted Ship to play it. And James had to be like really convinced because I mean, he loved Chip, even though he hadn't liked his performance as the prince, but he didn't, he saw a Ray Gill type and they were auditioning Ray sure, Gill types. Sure. Well, um, I mean, Ray was just a big Baker looking guy, big warm, you know, yeah. I mean, he was, but what? Did you ask James? Have you interviewed him? Yeah, James went on and on about how Ray was so wonderful and great to work with and warm and uh, they all were like in love with Ray. Uh, didn't but... he, did he tell you why they switched? He didn't tell you. No, they yeah. all made it sound. T- I thought maybe Ray w- had passed away prior to the Into the Woods getting on its feet because they, they made it sound like just kept being unfortunately, you know, we lost him. It was such a tragedy and all that, you know. Um, and no, I mean, he, I know he, he died did. after the tour. He right, left after, the tour because he was 1992. Yeah. He left uh, the tour because he was sick. So mm-hmm. I so I don't know what happened, but I but I just do know that I wish I'd gotten to see. I mean, obviously I grew up watching the video with Chip, but but I'm just so curious about this man that they all loved and who was uh, James and and Sondheim's idea Image. of a baker. Yeah. Wow, I have no idea because I can't. Frankly, I can't imagine that would have been a career making thing for Ray that that he would turn it down. That that was like a breakthrough for him maybe, to even. Maybe he had start. Maybe he had gotten sick and then gotten well again and was able to go on the road. Or no. I don't think he even knew he was sick then. Oh, he yeah. he tested positive on the road, and that uh, as a matter of fact, he bit he tested negative on the road. He didn't know why he didn't feel so well, and um, asked them to reduce his amount of performances, God. and the producers wouldn't go for it, and they let him go. Um, and that's when the understudy Marcus Olson took over. Yeah. Um, but he was just not well. I mean, yeah. it, but he, but I don't think he was actually diagnosed yet. Mm. And um, yeah. Oh, Ray was Ray was wonderful in the role. Yeah. I mean, so different. You know, just yeah. the, night and day. Like it's Chip and it's Ray Gill. You know. So what What was he like? Because you know, Chip has such a distinctive kind of like that wiry sort of court yeah. jester yeah. kind of uh, persona. Like, how did Ray, um, like, was, I I assume he was not more aggressive when he was telling you, like, to go back to the cottage or whatever. Like, what was his style? No, he was just, you know, in both, embedded in it is the idea that really, you know, he says, my wife took care of everything. I mean, that's the line. So no matter where you go with it, it's a guy who knows ultimately that he's like trying to be bossy and he kind of can't. So either, you know what I mean? So, so out of Ray, it was, but Ray was also a great big guy. Yeah. So when he was bossy, it was different out of chip, little chip. That's worth it. You know what I mean? Chip was, rah, rah, rah. and Ray just had to be the six foot guy, you know, a, a good hundred, 200, I don't know what he weighed. Yeah. Go home. I mean, okay. You know, <laughs> but Ray was just a sweet softy of it human being a lovely lovely person and you know chip's amazing and what was ray's singing like because chip also has a very distinctive singing voice yeah ray sang it beautifully still charactery but just a uh you know he sang it very 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 well he was he was absolutely wonderful it was a great they were i mean that was my you know that's the company that i rehearsed with and yeah kind of a different production they changed some of the set so, um and uh it, it was a and cleo you know doing, what was cleo like 
adored her. Just yeah. the salt of the earth, such a different really place. just earthy, earthy, um, and just a love of a, of a human. It's a great company. It was yeah. a great company. Yeah, you know, when you're on the road, man, ooh, it doesn't take much for it to get funky, and it was not fun. It was delicious. It was wow. Great. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake avoid meat or just simply to eat well balanced head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giants in the sky 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code giants in the sky 50 at factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, and Charlotte Ray started the tour with you as Jackson. Yes, <laughs> yes, she did. She was hilarious. <laughs> she was a trip and a half. And, uh, but she was, she was great. I mean, Very she was awesome. a huge TV star at that moment. Yeah. You guys went yeah. out. Was that, I mean, were, did, were the audiences like coming to see you know, um, what was her name? Mrs. Uh, whatever from Facts of Life. I don't know. You know, I don't recall that. I don't recall that being a thing. And I, I don't, maybe they advertised it. We might have been oblivious to that. Uh, it's possible. You know, she, she's a character. She was a character yeah. actress. So in general, people wouldn't even know the name. Yeah. Of You know what I mean? When you do that kind of thing. I mean, I was on a soap, you know, blah, blah, blah. No. No but, no, but she was, I mean, that was like, she a, was a big deal. No, that was a big hit show. I Absolutely. mean, I remember my, actually the first I ever heard of Into the Woods was I was, um, I was in seventh grade in 1988, 89 and in the San Fernando Valley. And in our music room, there was a poster for your production on the road. And it said, uh, Cleo Lane and Charlotte Ray. And it said like, you know, somebody's been messing with your fairy, fiddling with your fairy tales or something. And it was like, what is this show? 
um, that Charlotte Ray is in. You know, that was all. And then, you know, maybe the next year it was on TV and then I got to know the musical. But she was like a big star to the, well, you know, it was a show that yes. kids watched. But right, 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 um, right, right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but that that's interesting. Um, and, and had you left Broadway directly to go right on to the tour? Right, directly. As a matter of fact, I was doing... I was doing the Broadway show while I was rehearsing the tour. Oh, because you were rehearsing in New York. Yeah. And and even though it was James, he was fiddling. He was oh. fiddling with the two. You know, he would just, ah, let, it didn't matter. What difference does it make? You could, you know, it's the same everything. But he's fiddling. So I'm still doing the Broadway show. And he's just saying, oh, no, enter stage left. Oh, no, 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 this time enter stage right. Oh, God. And I'm, and a fine, yes, that's exactly what happened. I'm on stage going, I don't know where I am. I'm like, that's from the wrong place. And I finally went in and said, I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing my mind. I'm coming in the wrong places. I don't know where I am. It's just tweaked enough that I'm losing it. And they let me out a week early. They didn't want oh, to. That's, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, you're you're a brave soul for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it seems like um, it must be, Compared to all the musicals you've done, is there any show that rivals Into the Woods for how many other productions, uh, you know, your students have done? And oh my students, God. you know, it seems like it must just be so much more in the ether than than anything else. Pretty much, pretty much. It's very funny. I'm teaching a class, um, a third semester scenes and scenes and songs, and somebody was talking about. It. They said, "Oh yeah, I want to do Into the Woods, and I want to do blah blah blah," and like it almost seems surreal. When I turn and go, oh yeah, I did. I did. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I'm like, where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Broadway. On Broadway. Oh, what'd you play? <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's. And I, I was like, I'm saying, I'm just kidding. I didn't really like. It's so iconic to them. Yeah. And exactly. I almost feel silly. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just sitting here teaching the MT3. Yeah, but, um, oh, that's so yeah, great. No, it's it has grown and grown, and and it's very much dream roles for so many of my students. Yeah. The Baker's Wife is a big one, you know, yeah. more than any, more than any. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you do any subsequent productions? I mean, you said you turned. Yeah, down I did. I, the very first time, I it would have not been long. I think there were a couple. <laughs> um, I just come off the road, and it was just, and it had been a year and a half of doing it, and it was with yeah. James all the way through. And that company, and I, I, you know, it took me a while to find my way. And I think I thought, why? why? I'm just going to reinvent the wheel and I may fail, you know, uh, without that. I really knew how much it was embedded in that production. Mm. And it was true. It was true. Yeah. That role was Joanna and James, and they created that as a whole cloth. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why I feel like this is maybe a weird comparison, but if you try to like replace somebody in the office, where yeah. all of this stuff was so created oh, that's organically. A great analogy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and now what? What? Who's playing that role? That's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, at least I had the benefit of being with the original class of cast of the office. So yeah. I understood the vibe of it. Yeah. At least, you know, could it absorb some of that, although it took me a while. But um, so then in other companies, it was like a different perspective and a different, which is great and can be a lot of fun. For that role, it was it was it was fine. I was fine. I did uh, I did it up in Sacramento. I did it down in Texas. I did it with a terrific director and a lovely company. But on a certain level, I hate to say it, the Baker's wife lived in that original thing that they created. It, it was. And is it just that synergy, like with the cast of The Office, or is there something more concrete that you think other productions sometimes miss? 
Um, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not a creator. Yeah. I'm not a creator, you know. Are you um, not direct? I do, I do direct. Yeah, you seem but, like you would be directing. Thank you. Um, I just, yeah, I have been, but creating new material is a different thing. Yeah. You know, I duplicate, I do things that have already been produced. And I think that's a whole other wheelhouse. Of have you directed Into the Woods? No. Oh. No, 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 no. But I am directing a show that I did on Broadway called Hands on a Hard Body. I'm going to be. Oh, I that. saw you in that. I love that. <laughs> the wacky, wacky show is fun. It's a lovely show. Yeah. It's a really beautiful piece. Beautiful piece. Um, I want when someday when you do direct Into the Woods, I really want to see your production. Oh my God. But it was all of it. I hate to say it. it it's that sounds so terrible because it, and it's like, I loved, I thought the movie was fabulous. Yeah. I just absolutely loved it. And I loved Emily Blunt. I thought she was Same. spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah. But you can't do, it's sort of like um, doing Sweeney the movie. You know, yeah. how do you do Mrs. Lovett? Like, it's so, um, it's just part of that production that Angela created. It's so, you know, part of that, I think. Other people have been brilliant doing Lovett, yeah. so maybe that's a bad analogy, but um, yeah, I, it's a really interesting part. Yeah. And um, it really, really is. And I, I just think it's it's part of when, I keep repeating myself, but when it's the product of the director creating and, and directing his own work. And then being so open to collaboration with, yeah. especially with Joanna, who I yeah. just, it was brilliant. And he let her be, you know, they did that together. Yeah. 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 Wish well, I could have seen it. <laughs> Listen, I wish I'd gotten to see you do it too. Um, oh. Now I'm going to be on the lookout for bootlegs. I think there are some. There know. must be. There I mean, it's such a collector's uh, show into the woods. Somebody had to have done um, it. Some mezzanine somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, this, I, this has been so great to talk to you. I really appreciate it. You too. What fun. Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Look out for episode 25 with Burke Moses, the prince in the final workshop. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.